Hello, this is Gurmeher from NewsLaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 10th of August. In a unanimous decision today, the Reserve Bank of India's Monetary Policy Committee opted to maintain the repo rate at 6.50%. Concurrently, the standing deposit facility rate remains at 6.25%, while the marginal standing facility rate and the bank rate remains fixed at 6.75%. A majority of five out of six members of the rate-setting panel committed to a gradual withdrawal of accommodation, however, emphasized that inflation should consistently fall below 4%. India is currently dealing with sky-high vegetable prices and a tumultuous monsoon, which raises worries about a rise in inflation. RBI Governor Shakti Kanta Das said, if inflation persists, immediate action will be required. Das said, and I quote, addressing inflation remains a priority. Persisting inflationary risks are influenced by volatile global food and energy prices, ongoing geopolitical tensions and uncertainties tied to weather patterns, unquote. The RBI also announced its intention to reduce the cash reserves in the banking system. It plans to raise the incremental cash reserve ratio to 10% for the incremental net demand and time liabilities. It aims to absorb the excess liquidity due to the return of 2,000 rupee notes. Thus said, the move is likely to withdraw at about 1 lakh crore rupees from the banking system. Meanwhile, the RBI raised its inflation forecast for fiscal year 2023-24 to 5.4% from the previous projection of 5.1%. It expects inflation to hit 6.2% in the July-September quarter. However, it maintained its growth projection for the Indian economy at 6.5% for the current fiscal year. Disruptions marred the Lok Sabha proceedings today on the third day of the no-confidence motion debate. The opposition's loud protest prompted an adjournment until 12 noon. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman resumed the discussions on the no-confidence motion, with Prime Minister Narendra Modi set to reply later. The motion's outcome is already titled in favour of the government. Earlier, MP Rahul Gandhi's impassioned speech on Manipur drew counter-arguments from Union Minister Smriti Rani, leading to a resolution for peace and a walkout by opposition members. In the Rajya Sabha, proceedings were halted abruptly as Chairman Jagdeep Dhankar adjourned the session till 2pm, following a heated clash between the opposition and the ruling party over rules concerning the discussion on Manipur. The opposition pressed for dialogue under Rule 167, while the ruling party favoured Rule 176. The absence of the opposition didn't deter the government from passing key bills, including amendments to the constitution's scheduled caste order and the Anusandhan National Research Foundation Bill. A bill regulating the Chief Election Commissioner's appointment was introduced in line with the Supreme Court Directive. The Supreme Court today resumed its hearing on the Article 370 abrogation. During the hearing, Advocate Zafar Shah, representing the Jammu and Kashmir Bar Association, said the Constituent Assembly of JNK ensured that through their constitution, JNK remained an integral part of India. He said provisions of the Indian constitution would apply with limitations and that the power of the parliament to make laws would depend upon the concurrence of the JNK state. Shah told the top court bench that the provisions of the Indian constitution that were in conflict with the provisions of JNK constitution were not made applicable to JNK, which showed that it continued to exercise its autonomy. He emphasized that concurrence within the Article 370 required mutual agreement, underlining how the Maharaja's residual powers were absorbed by the article. Earlier on August 9, senior advocate Gopal Subramanian had presented arguments asserting that JNK constituent assembly never intended to revoke Article 370. Instead, it envisioned adapting the constitution of India to JNK with modifications. Meanwhile, Chief Justice Deepak Chandrachur had questioned whether the presidential order could amend the Article 373 using Article 367. The court also questioned the absence of explicit alignment between JNK constitution and India's, considering how the former limited the union's executive powers and the parliament's legislative reach. 
Amid the turmoil in Manipur, a group of 40 legislators from the state, primarily ethnic Maitis, have communicated their concerns to Prime Minister Narendra Modi. The MLAs underscore the necessity for complete disarmament in order to establish a peaceful and secure environment. They urge the withdrawal of the suspension of operations agreement with Koki groups, the implementation of the National Register of Citizens and the reinforcements of autonomous district councils. In opposition to Cookie Group's demand for separate administration, the MLAs recommended strengthening ADCs and conducting regular ADC elections. The memorandum highlighted the urgency of addressing the ongoing conflict through political means, initiating peace talks after necessary actions. This development follows Cookie MLA's plea for a separate administration, while Naga-dominated areas demonstrated for the conclusion of Naga peace talks. Fernando Villavencio, a candidate in Ecuador's impending presidential election, was shot dead today, during a campaign rally in the capital city, Quito. The presidential candidate was a member of Ecuador's National Assembly and was known for his criticism of corruption and criminal gangs. He had been vocal about the alleged connections between government officials and organized crime. The responsibility for the attack was claimed by the criminal gang Los Labos, the country's second-largest gang with an estimated 8,000 members. Los Labos has affiliations with Mexico-based Jalisco New Generation Cartel and is reportedly involved in cocaine trafficking. The assassination underscores the deepening influence of criminal gangs in Ecuador and the concerns of insecurity ahead of the upcoming presidential election. Listeners, this year's torrential rains in Marjal Pradesh have caused the worst devastation ever seen. There have been over 100 fatalities, thousands of people stranded, properties severely damaged and estimated losses of 8,000 crore rupees. Many blame irresponsible construction practices for the destruction. The magnitude of this disaster in the hilly region raises questions. Was it a result of an extreme climate catastrophe? Could the government have responded more effectively? And what are the implications for other habitats in the country? Hridesh Joshi, an environmental journalist, aims to address these queries through videos and ground reports in both Hindi and English. You can contribute to this NL Sena project to support us in telling the story. We're able to bring you our reports and analysis only because you've got a pack. Subscribe to newslaundry.com and pay to keep news free. Our subscription starts at only 900 rupees a quarter. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. News Laundry is possible because of our paying subscribers. We don't run on corporate or government ads. You too can be part of changing the news model. Go to newslaundry.com slash subscription. Be a part of the community that pays to keep news independent. For the smoothest News Laundry experience, download our app, watch our shows, listen to our podcasts, read our reports, stay informed, pay for news, protect democracy, save the world.